Hello, everybody. Welcome to number 16 episode of He's Not Done Yet. We're so honored that you're here today listening in, and uh, we would just want to say welcome. And uh, if you want to reach out to us for prayer requests, feel free to you can call or text at 501-339-8017. That's 501-339-8017. A new episode releases on every Friday at 6 a.m. on Spotify, Google Podcast, and YouTube. Then it airs on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on Victory Radio Station 100.9 also 95.3, and then 15.30 a.m. right here in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Links can be found on our website at He's Not Done Yet. He's Not Done Yet. And this morning, we're going to go ahead and um, pray. And uh, we're going to go ahead and and. Uh, Pray this morning that the Lord would bless this show. Lord, we love you. We thank you today, God. We honor you. We are just so blessed to know you, Lord, and you know us, God, and we thank you for it, God, and we just pray that this would fall on good ground in the name of Jesus. Amen. This morning's scripture comes from Luke 18 and 27, and he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Hallelujah.
to Golgotha's hill. A heavy cross, a broken heart, but yielded to the Father's will. He cried, it's finished time, leaving this body of clay. Mission accomplished, that's what I heard him say. We just want to say thank you again for listening in today, and we're so honored today. We have uh, very, 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 very special guests with us today. Some uh, would say that um, they have probably been around the world, I would say, but uh, they have blessed uh, all the way around the world, but Lord, we want to Thank you both. Uh, we, we have brother and sister Alviar with us today, and we want to thank them for coming. They are one of my heroes, and uh, we love them so much and honor them. And uh, we are just so blessed that they're here today with us. And we just want y'all to come on in and obey the Holy Ghost, sister. Brother. Praise the Lord, everyone. This is Sister Janice Alviar, 
And I am an Arkansas girl. I uh, graduated from Brother Holmes's Christian School in 1968, in the month of May. And in the month of June, I went to Brazil, South America as a foreign missionary, just barely 18 years old, and have been there ever since. That's been 54 years ago. The first four years, I was on the mission field as a young single girl. And I'll tell a little bit about our story, and then Brother Alviar join in. Um, I worked with a single missionary, and I did not know Brother Alviar or any of his family. And she invited me to go to a conference with her. And we went to this conference, and I'm going to let Brother Alviar now tell you exactly what happened at this conference. Praise the Lord, everybody. Our brother says just a while ago that, you know, nothing is impossible to God. And I was thinking about that scripture that it says, all things are possible. And so I want to praise God, Almighty God, my Redeemer, my hiding place, my safe refuge. What happens when uh, she came in, I was leading a conference, Sister Janice Lavan Taylor, and she was coming in into the service with another missionary, and I tell you what, I always, I told the Lord, Lord, I am not going to worry who is going to be my wife, I'm just going to let you worry about that business. <laughs> and when is and when is the right time? That's right. That's, that's that, what I told the Lord. Right. When is the right time? You tell me. And uh, all I ask you that you know, gave me the one that we can work together. We can have the same burden and work for the same purpose to you. Yeah. And I dedicated my life to God. And I was pastor on several churches in the city of São Paulo, Brazil. And when she came to that building that night, I was leading the service, and the Lord spoke to me, and he told me, that girl is going to be your wife. And I told the Lord, Lord, he said, you're going to have to help me because, you know, I know I am a very shy person, and you're going to have to tell me, to tell her, help me to tell her after service what you told me. <laughs> Amen. So I went uh, after the service uh, is over, was over. Uh, I went straight to the point, and I went and greet her, and I say, "I am going to marry you." And she looked at me very surprised, and she said, "Is that so?" I said, "Well." <laughs> Uh, I said, yes, I'm going to marry you. I said, but she said, I never met you before. And I said, that's no problem because we're serving a God that he knows all about us. And he knows about you and about me. And I am going to marry you. So to make this story short, I said, I'll tell you what, I gave you a month. Let's pray together. And you gave me an answer. And she agreed with that. So I was passed in several churches there in different areas in Sao Paulo. Uh, and one day I went by the postal office. It was three weeks 
after we start praying. And I went by the postal office because I was pastoring a church in the 17th floor in downtown of San Paulo. And went by the postal office and I opened a letter that I, I received it. And it was a beautiful postcard from Janice Lavan Taylor. <laughs> and I went all the way to the bottom, to the answer. And what she was telling me, and she said, you know what? I was praying, the Lord told me, and that is right. Is is, and the answer is yes. So I'm talking Amen. about a happy person. Yes. I went all that way, singing and, and you know whistling and worshiping <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> I was the happy person in my life. Oh, and that Amen. happens in the month of June that we met each other, and in December the ninth, in 1972, we got married. And this coming December, brother, we are going to be uh, celebrating 50 years. 50. 50 years, our Amen. 50th anniversary that we are working for the Lord. So that's, that's what happened with us. So the Lord blessed us, and we are going to celebrate 50 years, as Brother Alviar said, of married life and working together on the mission field. During all of these years, the Lord has helped us through his earthly family to build many, many churches. We've conducted many seminars, Bible schools. Uh, currently, we are very, very involved in a Feed the Children ministry where we work with what's called street children and favela children. Uh, last month, we fed over a 1,000 children during the month besides our regular feeding programs. So we're very thankful. And I have something I want to tell you. A little over three years ago, I had COVID. And I know some people may not believe it exists, but I had whatever existed. Oh. <laughs> uh, that day, I got up and I told my family, I said, I'm going to fix a Mexican supper for us tonight. Because in Brazil, we don't eat Mexican food. We eat Portuguese food because we uh, speak Portuguese. And when Brazil was settled by the Portuguese. So I went to the store with uh, Fatima, that's Brother Michael, that's his mother-in-law, and we bought the things for the supper, got home, and we started fixing the supper, and I got, started feeling real bad. I started coughing and freezing, and but my I had fever, and finally I told Fatima, I said, it's a little early, so I think I'll lay down a few minutes. I didn't want to tell her how sick I was feeling. So I went and laid down, but in just a matter of just a little time, I was burning up with fever, and my, they went and got Michael that lives next door to us, and he said, Mother, I, I want to take you to the ICU. And I said, No, I just want to go to sleep. And he went and got his brother-in-law that is a paramedic, and when he came in, he said, oh, she's barely breathing. 
We've got to get her to ICU urgently. Uh, of course, I live in Brazil, and it's almost a crime for someone to die at home because of so much crime and different things. So they, I don't remember anything. I passed out. I don't remember them taking me to the, to the hospital. I don't remember getting there. I don't remember them wheeling me in. It's all just a big blank in my mind. The first thing I remember is when I opened my eyes and the doctor and some nurses were rubbing my arms and my hands and my legs. And the doctor said to the nurses, I don't think we'll have to do it. She's coming too. Well, what I didn't know was my daughter had signed that they could put me on the ventilator. But when I came to, the doctor said, do you think if we took you to the x-ray room, we could take an x-ray of your lungs? Could you just stand up just a minute for the x-ray? And I said, I think I can. So they rolled me to the x-ray room, helped me out of that little bed, and stood me up. And that's the last thing I remember. I fainted again. When I came back to, I was back in that little isolation room of the ICU, so that made two times they took me there. And the doctor was standing over me after a certain time. I don't know how long I was out of it. And he said, you fainted. We're going to do an MRI. I don't remember anything about the MRI. I don't remember them rolling me in the MRI room. I don't remember anything. All I remember was waking up again, and I was back in that little uh, room of isolation, and the doctor was standing there. And he said to me, he said, ma'am, do you smoke? And I said, no, sir. He said, have you ever smoked? I said, no, sir. He said, your lungs are covered with inflammation, uh, inflammation and pus. It, your lungs look terrible. You're, you're very, very sick. And of course, it was just beginning COVID and they was very much afraid. So my doctor from South Brazil called him and said, uh, she has COVID. South Brazil is more advanced than the Northeast where we live. And I looked at the doctor and I said, I want out of here. <laughs> and the doctor looked at me. He was so sweet. He said, I do too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can't get out of here and I can't either. <laughs> so... After uh, things that I don't even remember because my fever was so high, they finally took me to an, I was there almost 12 days, to another isolation room. And what I realized today that I didn't realize then because I was too sick, they really took me there to die. I was really bad. And... Um, I can't tell you how long I was in that room either. It's all kind of vague, and I just don't remember. But it was a little gray room. The ceiling was gray. It was a 
not freshly painted, so it was an older, gray-looking ceiling. And I was just looking at the ceiling when all of a sudden I saw it changed. There were beautiful, beautiful blue clouds that was passing by. And I kept looking up at those clouds and looking up, and they were so beautiful. And all of a sudden, I saw uh, it was like a stairway coming through the clouds. And I kept looking, and it stopped at my bed. Now, I don't know if I died. I don't know what happened to me. But I felt my spirit leave my body. And when I realized, I was standing on that stairway. Now, going up through the clouds, the stairway had beautiful flowers. Some of the most beautiful flowers I've ever seen in all of my life. And I just kept going up the stairway. And I was thinking, oh, I can breathe now. I'm not having any problems. And all of a sudden, I looked back down, and I could see my bed. And I thought, oh, I'm dying. And my family will come, and they'll find out that I've died. And they'll be sad, but at the same time, they'll, they'll rejoice because they knew, they'll know I went to heaven. So I just kept on climbing. I didn't look back again. And finally, I got to this gate. It was the most beautiful, wide-looking gate. It, just, it was so beautiful. And I stood there. There were flowers and birds. And I knew I'd made it to the gate of heaven. And I stood there waiting for the Lord to open that gate. It, it uh, may not have been as wide as it looked to me, but it, <laughs> I knew I could get through there. <laughs> it was so beautiful. That's right. And as I stood there waiting, I thought, the Lord is taking a lot of time to open this gate. <laughs> and I said, hey, Lord, I've been a missionary for over, 40, over 50 years. Are you going to open a gate for me? And to me, I heard the audible voice of the Lord say, not today. Someday this gate will open for you, but it's not today. You must go back to earth and buy land and prepare because things are going to get worse. That month, my secretary had told me, missionary, we don't have the money to pay the monthly bills this month. And here I'm at the gate of heaven, and the Lord is saying to me, go back to earth and buy land. Well, I, whatever it was, I woke up and I realized I was still in the bed, and I saw this little nurse. She was on the other side. You know, there's a window they could look in, and she was looking at me, and I motioned for her to come in. Of course, she had to put on all those clothes they have to put on, and gloves and everything but she finally got dressed and came in but she wasn't very close to me because she she was afraid and I said to her I said you don't have to be afraid you're not going to catch COVID from me the Lord brought me here he had something to show me and I told her what happened 
And I told her, I, I need to get out of here and go buy land. <laughs> I was, and she failed at me to see if I had fever. <laughs> I think she thought I was talking out of my head. But finally she left my room, and I don't know what how much time passed, but then I saw her out talking to the doctor. And the doctor put on his clothes and came in my room. And he said, so you want out? And I told him what happened, and he took my fever. <laughs> I think he thought I was talking out of my head, and I kept insisting that I wanted out. And he said, well, we'll see what we can do about it. And I don't know how long, how much longer I was in that room, but they finally came in and said, the doctor said, we're going to take you to a special room, and your daughter or your daughter-in-law can stay with you, one or the other. One can stay during the day and the other at night, and we're going to see what happens. So that they took me to this private room, and I wasn't eating anything. If you've had COVID, you know you don't have really, you don't want to eat. So the... Finally, the kitchen helped some of them come up and said to my daughter, well, tell us, what do Americans eat? <laughs> it really wasn't their food. It was the condition of my body. But my daughter said the only thing come to her mind was French fries. <laughs> and my daughter said French fries. And the lady said, oh, the nutritionist wouldn't let us mix French fries. <laughs> here in the hospital, but every day I was there, they sent me French fries after that. <laughs> so I don't know where those French fries come from, but they sent me French fries. But one day, I don't know how Michael did this. You'll have to just question him. He got in the hospital. I think he slipped in when they wasn't looking. And he came to my room, and I said, Michael, get me out of here. And I told him what happened. I said, I've got to buy land. Well, remember, I was still so weak. I couldn't even go to the bathroom by myself. I would fall. But see, when the Lord says something, you know things are going to change Amen. after a while. And after pressing the doctors and pressing everybody I could press, they said, we're going to let you get out of the hospital, but you're not well. Well, that day they finally let me out. It The, the hall lined up with people because I told everybody <laughs> I, that I had a visit to Heaven's Gate and I was going to buy land. And, that's it. and they started waving at me. And they said, oh, you brought us such joy. We're glad you're feeling some better, but... You brought joy to this hospital. And I said, well, thank you. So a few days after that, Brother Michael was out with a friend where his friend owned some land. And Michael saw this little road, and Michael said, where does this go to? His friend said, I don't know. I've never been down that road. So there they turned down that road and drove a little while. And they saw this sign. Of course, it was in Portuguese, but I'll say it in English. There was this plot of land, and it said, for sale. 
And Michael said, stop. I want to talk to them. Michael got out and told them, look, my mother's looking for land. And she went to the gate of heaven. And they said, well, bring your mother here. So the day came, Michael helped me get in his truck and helped Brother Alviar. And we he drove us to that land. Brother Alviar and Michael and the man of the house got out and he was showing them the land. And there was a little bench. Michael sat me on that bench. I was still very, very weak. And the lady of the house came out and I told her my name. I told her what happened. And she said to me, she said, my name is Huti. Huti in Portuguese is Ruth. And I said, oh my, you have a Bible name. She said, oh missionary. She said, I'm a backslider. Ooh. She said, I was raised in Assembly of God Church. And all of my brothers and all of my sisters have Bible names. And I said, really? And I talked to her a little bit about uh a little bit about the differences, but uh, she was so friendly. And when we left, see, what we didn't know, a lot of people had tried to buy that land, and every time Hootie would tell her husband, no, not these. And when we left, Hootie told her husband, these, these have a God project. Let's sell the land to them. But what they didn't know, we didn't have a penny. <laughs> we hadn't even paid our monthly bills yet. But I put it on Facebook. Now, I know a lot of people don't believe in Facebook, but I use it for mission pro projects. And I put it on Facebook, and I put the cost. And, and the Lord sent people to help us buy it. And so here we're so enthused. We've got banana trees and... Orange trees, coconut trees, cashew, cashew nut trees, mango, mango trees, avocado trees, just, wow. and jumbo. we got fish ponds and jumbo is trees. That's called the apple of the north. And we have a fruit that's called jackfruit. You may know what it is. Mm -hmm. It grows on a tree, but it's as big as a watermelon. <laughs> So we're happy. We say, well, we can feed a lot of people with this. Now that's our project of feeding, especially that's the homeless people. The homeless people. And it had what's what we call cassava. That is uh, a, a root that takes the place of a potato in third world countries. Had a lot of cassava planted on it. So we're happy. Then the money comes in, and we, we pay over the land. And two or three days pass, and my secretary gets a phone call and says, are you the missionary secretary? And Fatima said, yes, I'm her secretary. And they said, we own land on both sides of that lot she bought. And we were praying. Now, they're not like us, but God can talk to anybody. And so we were praying and said, we should sell these two lots to the missionary because she has a God project. So Fatima comes and tells me. And I say, Fatima, where would we get the money? <laughs> she said, put it on Facebook. <laughs> so I put it on Facebook. And miracle of all miracles, 
the money came in and we bought those two lots. And now we're happier than ever. We've got more land, we've got more fish ponds, and we're, we're satisfied. But just a few more days pass, and a man calls Fatima and says, are you the secretary to that missionary? And she said, yes. He said, I own a plot of land. <laughs> <laughs> and it joins one of the lots. But on my plot of land, there's buildings, dormitories, and there's a swimming pool. It's kinda, it was kind of like a family thing. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, he named the price. Well, it was more than all three of those put together and then some. I said, Fatima, where would we get this much money? <laughs> and she said, put it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it on Facebook. And God just supplied the need. And this man said, I'll give you the deed before you pay for anything because God said it's yours. I know you'll pay for it. So God met that need. So we had four lots, four lots. I'm going to tell you, now we tell about the dream I had. Okay. I see, I see if I can tell, tell her just like she, she tells it. But anyway, she had a dream after this. And she dreamed that she was walking on the land, up and down on those hills. And the Lord was talking to her, and he was so happy and smiled to my wife. And are you happy with this land? You know, and asking all kind of questions. And she says, yes, Lord. I said, do you need more land? And she said, oh, no, Lord, we, we got plenty already. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we're never farmer. We don't know nothing about farmers. So, yeah. you know, we told the Lord, she told the Lord, they said, no, we got plenty, Lord. <laughs> Amen. So he said, but I got more. I got plenty more. Wow. And this is what he said. Then a few days after that, some, uh, some, a group of people came and said, we own a lot adjoining we we built a little church out there and and our lot adjoins your church side and we want y'all to have it oh they I, they said we already know the story because news travels fast <laughs> yeah just put it on your facebook <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we did and in time the lord paid that off so i don't know how to figure up how much land but brother alviar says it's over a hundred acres out there. Yes. Oh, my. It's a lot of land, wow. mm -hmm. and we awesome. have fed many, many people. Water, plenty of water. Plenty of water. Mineral water. And, and fish. Comes from the rocks. Mm. Fish ponds. And when this, what we call the yellow house is where the that very rich man sold us that lot. And... Michael mentioned, well, mother's going to start putting fish in the ponds. He said, well, don't, well, tell her not to buy a, a pump. He said, I'll give her a pump for that. So God has Very opened expensive. up so many doors. And he said, in the dorms, there's beds. Tell her the beds are hers. In the, the kitchen, there's a refrigerator. There's a stove. 
There are tables in the living room. There are couches. It's all hers because God said she had a God project. Thank you, Jesus. So we're working out there. We don't always know what we're doing because we're not born farmers. <laughs> but we're doing two things. We built a little church out there. Right. And when the first family we baptized, there were four in that family. Thank you, Jesus. And we baptized them in the precious name of Jesus. And there's a little boy that his father grew up in our house. He's just like a son to us. Of course, he married, and he has his own children now. But his little boy is probably nine or ten, and he follows me every step I make. He, he just adores me. He's, oh. he's my little shadow. And one day he said to his mother and daddy, well, I want the missionary to baptize me. Oh. And they said, well, are you ready to be baptized? You're still very young. He said, I want the missionary to baptize me. So they came and talked to me, and I said, well, you know, I don't hardly ever baptize people because we, Brother Alviar does and Brother Michael, but if he wants me in the water, I'll get in the water with him. So I announced at our little service that, this is on the farm, that Julia was going to be baptized. And coming home, we stopped to get us some supper, and I received a message. There's an, two engineers out there that have plantations and both of them come to the services, but one of them sent words said, and said to me, well, missionary, since Julie is going to be baptized, I think I'll join him if you'll let us. Oh. I want to be baptized, too, in Jesus' name. Ooh. And we're working with people that are devout Catholics. This man had been a devout Catholic all of his life. Ever since I met him, he sent me the mass service that's online. Always he does every him, morning. <laughs> I always tell him, oh, that's very nice. You know, I don't ever make fun of anybody's church. And he said, that's one of the reasons that drew me to, to you all, because you have not made fun of the church that I grew up in. And I said, oh, no. I said, I don't make fun of any churches. And we were able to baptize Mr. Joseph Valdo in Jesus' name. And while we're here in the States, he's out, out there working because he, he knows about plantations. We don't. <laughs> and he's helping us, and he's uh, building an entranceway to the church because we've had lots of rains, and when it rains, it rains in the church. So he's building the entranceway so the rain can't get in. And we're just so blessed. And the other day, since we've been in the States for two weeks, we received a little message from one of them, a young boy. He's probably 17 or so. He said, when you all get back, I want to be baptized too, missionary. Oh, so doors spiritually and naturally are opening. Yes. And Brother Alviar and I had thought at us right before I had COVID, well, our mission work is almost completed because we're, we're in our 70s. And all of a sudden, the Lord opens a brand new door and has us to start a brand new church and start a farming project for to help the people. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we, we feed on, on Monday. It's what we call soup day for the street children. 
And then we have a day that we take sandwiches and cold drinks to the street children. Another day that they take things from the farm. And then out on the farm, we feed on Friday and Saturday also. There's a lot of people that work on farms that are peasant farmers, and they have very little income. So we, we fix soup on Friday, and on Saturday we have what we call our tea service, and that means that afterwards we're going to have tea and bread and sandwiches and cakes and whatever. And the Lord has blessed in such a way Brother Alviar and I are just so surprised because we never thought that at our age the Lord would have a brand new work for us because, you know, people want us to do seminars and do special services. And we thought we'd spend the rest of our life doing that since we was getting up in years. And here the Lord's, like I said, he's given us another church to pastor. <laughs> And build up. We've always planted churches. That's we love to do that, but we just thought we in our later years we would do something else. But you know, I was praying, and I'll say this, and then Brother Almiar can say what he feels. But I was praying before I came to the states, and I said, Lord, what is it that your people need? Not as just one church, but as a body. And I felt like the Lord spoke something to me and said this, We are lovers of his kingdom, but are we lovers of his cross? But, you know, to get to the kingdom, there is a cross. Mm -hmm. And I remember many times that I've mentioned needs on PayPal, on Facebook, I mean, excuse me, and, and people's criticized me and said things, and I would say, well, I'm just not going to say anything else. But then I felt the Lord say, well, this is kind of like a cross you'll just have to bear because it helps feed hundreds and hundreds of little children. And the Lord has blessed. And I, I wrote down a scripture, uh, not all of it, but where Paul said about the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul knew a lot about the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ because he, when he wrote the book of Philippians, he was in a prison. He was in Nero's prison. They say that a lot of times they chained prisoners to the guards. And yet he, he I believe it's 11 times in Philippians, he mentioned rejoice. And there he was in a cold Roman prison but he told the church he said rejoice so no matter what God would have us to do it may seem hard for our flesh to do it but what God says rejoice you know rejoice and then when he ended the book of Philippians he said those of Caesar's house greet you that were people in prison for what we believe the oneness of the Godhead, the baptism in Jesus' name. And like I said, I don't make fun of any other churches, but I feel like we have a greater truth that God wants to lead many into this greater truth 
to understand, hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord. And I thank the Lord that I was raised just right, right around here and for the knowledge of uh, knowing that there's one Lord and one baptism, one faith. And if you're not acquainted with this one Lord, let me invite you, if you live here in Little Rock, North Little Rock, visit First Pentecostal Church, Brother uh, Bishop, Holmes. Bishop Holmes and Pastor, Pastor Nathan. Nathan. I'm sure you'll receive a warm welcome. And you can receive what I received from uh, the Lord many, many years ago. So may the Lord bless you, and thank you, brothers, for letting us come. And I'll let Brother Alviar say whatever he feels on his heart. But it's just our privilege of being here. We want to say thank you very much for the opportunity that you gave us, Brother Mac. Brother Matthew Martin. Brother Matthew Martin for this honor and privilege that the Lord has prepared for us to be here. And we don't know about tomorrow. Today is here, but tomorrow, you know, we'll bring, you know, many things that we are not expecting. And in Brazil, right now, they changed president recently. And persecution comes because our, our now president or will be is communist he's, he may not openly say he's communist he says he's socialist but he wants to pattern brazil after china so in a hard time just like my wife you know the lord spoke to her on that vision and that visitation that we need a plant we need to have, you know, prep made preparations um, so we can have food for to feed the ministry of the children that we support. Hungers, uh, uh, thousands of, of children in Brazil are going hungry, being, you know, in such a miserable way of life. But the Lord has helped us through the years, and because of people like you or anybody who feels like helping this ministry, amen, in any way, because we want it to continue. Uh, no matter what happened, uh, I know that we're fixing to face, you know, persecution for the churches that there. right now the country is, is um, completely a confused chaos right now. And even the Brazilian army looked like somebody told us they are kind of expecting and prepared for anything. But anyway, we, we desire you all's prayer. Amen. If anybody wants to uh, pray for this ministry, Brother Sister Alvi, our senior. And what, what really amazes me is because I told the Lord, my wife is 72 years old. And I am 73. I am two months younger than Bishop Joe Holmes. And I said, now you gave us this mission. Amen. Uh, and this land and tell us to plant and or make all this preparation. But I think the Lord, it was concerned about it spiritually. Mm -hmm. 
also at the same time because the Bible uh, tells us that it's going to be or come times when people that will look for a pastor, for a minister, they will be hungry for the word of God and it's not going to be freedom, you know, somebody with freedom and liberty just like we are right now here telling about Jesus. And Jesus is what he told us, you go to all the world and preach this gospel. I know there are many gospel preaching today, but we feel like we got the true gospel. And the true gospel is repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins, Peter said, and you shall receive the gift, the power of the Holy Ghost. So thank you again. I appreciate the opportunity that you gave us. And remember to pray for us. And if anybody feels like helping in this ministry, my wife can mention to you how you can do it. It will be such a blessing. May God bless you in Jesus' wonderful name. Just give to First Pentecostal Church. You can dedicate it or designate it to the LVR Senior Family. Amen. Well, thank y'all so much for coming in today, and uh, let's pray for them right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, and we're just so honored, Lord, that um, they were able to stop by today, God, but you would put your hand around them, Lord, that you would put a fence, Lord, that you would that you would take care of them, Lord, and, and Lord, we pray for that you would cover them, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. Amen. Well, once again, thank y'all so much for coming, and we love y'all. And uh, we're going to let our pastor, Nathan Holmes, he is going to sing us a song.